Hello, everybody, and welcome to Get Lit Minute, your weekly podcast for all things poetic, poetry, and poets. This series is produced by Get Lit Words Ignite, a nonprofit organization that uses poetry and spoken word to increase literacy and empower young people. My name is Dharma Lemon. In this podcast, we will focus on the lives, history, and works of classic poets and modern-day contemporary poets. Today, we are going to be talking about contemporary poet Matthew Dickman. Matthew was born on August 20th, 1975, in Lentz, a working-class neighborhood in Portland, Oregon. He has an identical twin named Michael, who is also a poet, and a younger sister named Elizabeth. They were raised by a single mother, Wendy Dickman, but they were in touch with their father and his other children, their half-siblings growing up. Matthew and Michael Dickman often write about the rough nature of the neighborhood they grew up in, remembering going out to parties with all their friends and seeing gangs shooting guns on the street outside. They have both expressed their gratitude for their mother, who ensured that they lived in a safe, secure, loving home. I can really relate to this because growing up in Palmdale, my mom made me feel like I lived in the safest suburb. Matthew and Michael are incredibly close. They have a really important writing relationship. They are each other's first readers and best editors. I'm so jealous. To be honest, I can't even get my brother to read a short line of poetry. Matthew said that Michael's fingerprints can be found all over his poems, that he has such a good eye for his work because he's seen it evolve and knows when something is good and original or when something is old. Although they work together so closely, the twins have very different writing styles. While they both write about their personal lives and issues of class, Michael's writing can be described as more fragmenty, austere, and interior. While Matthew's is known for its pop culture references, its exuberance and effusiveness, and its drama. An interesting fun fact about the Dickman twins is that they had a brief stint in acting. They acted in high school theater productions and continued acting in college. They were even featured in Steven Spielberg's 2002 film Minority Report as precognitive twins. Very fancy. Another fun fact about their family is that their mother Wendy's stepfather was the father to the famous poet Sharon Olds. During their adolescent years, Olds was intermediately present in their lives, but they never used this fact to get ahead in the poetry world. In fact, Michael remembers that in college, he only told his professor about the connection when he had to excuse himself from an assignment about one of her poems because it was about his grandfather. Matthew and Michael have said that they think that having such a prominent poet in the family has helped them realize that pursuing poetry as a career is a real option for them. I think that's amazing. And if you haven't been told this yet, it is very possible to make a living in poetry and doing something that you love. During high school, Matthew and Michael remember being teased a lot by their classmates. Even now, the pair call each other variations of pig like Cajon or Concho and Mr. Pig after a character Piggy in William Golding's Lord of the Flies, the heavier set character with glasses that gets picked on. They have matching tattoos of pigs on their arms now, which I think is so cute. 
High school was also when Matthew and his brother began reading poetry all the time. They became obsessed with contemporary poetry, particularly the works of Anne Sexton, Sylvia Plath, Louise Gluck, Philip Levine, and Charles Bukowski. Matthew went on to receive his BA from the University of Oregon and his MFA from the University of Texan Austin's Missioner Center. He and his brother both worked in the food service industry throughout their young adulthood to support their education. He started as young as 13 years old when he got his first summer job with a local butcher and worked at a Whole Foods as an undergrad. It was also while he was in college that he met one of his most important poetic mentors, Dorian Lau, who was teaching at the University of Oregon at the time. One of Lau's poems, titled Savages, was written about the twin brothers and some of their poet friends at the famous Portland bookstore, Powell's. The poem ends, one reads a stanza in a whisper, another turns the page, and their heads almost touch temple to temple. Tufts in a huddle, barbarians before a hunt, kids hiding in an alley while sirens spiral by, they are savage. For knowledge, for beauty and truth, they crawl on their knees to find it. That is such a gorgeous poem. Matthew also grew up around his older brother and sister on his father's side. He has written about the relationship with his half-brother Darren in a book he co-authored with Michael called Brother. This book grapples with the memories of Darren's drug use and eventual suicide. The twins remember always looking up to and even idolizing Darren, who was six years older than them and always looked so cool. They remember that he would often come to watch their baseball games, introduce them to new music, and even served as sort of a father figure to them. Matthew said that in the wake of Darren's death, he felt the only way he could really write about him was in a poem with a long list of famous people who had killed themselves, because he said that Darren was such a famous person in my mind and in my heart. I feel the same way about my grandmother, Linda, who had the similar struggles with addiction and eventually also took her own life. So I can really relate to this. The brothers hope that their collection begins to destigmatize the topics of drug abuse, depression, and suicide. Matthew is the author of four chapbooks, Amigos, Something About the Black Scarf, Wish You Were Here in 24 Hours. He has also authored the collections All-American Poem, published in 2008, Maya Kowalski's Revolver, published in 2014, Wonderland, published in 2018, and two collections co-written with Michael, 50 American Poems, published in 2012, and Brother, published in 2016. Dickman was awarded the American Poetry Review's Hanikman First Book Prize, the Oregon Book Award for Poetry, the Kate Tufts Discovery Award, and the American Academy of Arts and Science May Sarton Poetry Prize. He was also the recipient of residencies and fellowships from the Provincetown Fine Arts Work Center and the Guggenheim Foundation, the Vermont Studio Center, Literary Arts of Oregon, and the Lannan Foundation. He has served as a poetry editor of Tin House Magazine, a visiting writer at Reed College, and an adjacent fellow at the Attic Institute in Portland. 
He is a creative writing faculty member at the Vermont College of Fine Arts, and alongside his poetry, he also writes advertisements for a living. Matthew currently lives in London with his partner and their two children. I'm going to share one of Matthew Dickman's poems titled Slow Dance, which is really a wonderful reflection on love, connection, and of course, dancing. It's power to breed intimacy, express something unsaid, and slow time. More than putting another man on the moon, more than a New Year's resolution of yogurt and yoga, we need an opportunity to dance with really exquisite strangers. A slow dance between the couch and the dining room table at the end of the party. While a person we love has gone to bring the car around because it's begun to rain and it would break their heart if any part of us got wet. A slow dance to bring the evening home. Two people rocking back and forth like a buoy. Nothing extravagant, little music, and a bottle of whiskey. It's a little like cheating. Your head resting on his shoulder, your breath moving up his neck, your hands along her spine, her hips unfolding like a cotton napkin. And you begin to think about how all the stars in the sky are dead. The my body is talking to your body, slow dance, the unchained melody Stairway to heaven, power chord, slow dance, all my life. I've made mistakes, small and cruel. I've made my plans. I never arrived. I ate my food. I drank my wine. The slow dance doesn't care. It's all kindness, like children before they turn four. Like being held in the arms of my brother, the slow dance of siblings, two men in the middle of the room. When I dance with him, one of my great loves, he is absolutely human. And when he turns to dip me or I step on his foot because we are both leading, I know that one of us will die first and the other will suffer. The slow dance of what's to come and the slow dance of insomnia pouring across the floor like bath water. When the woman I'm sleeping with stands naked in the bathroom brushing her teeth, the slow dance of ritual is being spit into the sink. There is no one to save us, because there is no need to be saved. I've hurt you. I've loved you. I've mowed the front yard. When a stranger wearing a sheer white dress covered in a million beads comes toward me like an oversexed chandelier suddenly come to life, I take her hand in mine. I spin her out and bring her in. This is the almond grove. This is the dark slow dance. It is what we should be doing right now, scrapping for joy, the haiku and honey the orange and orangutan slow dance. <laughs> oh my God. Honestly, that is one of the best poems I have ever read. And I am 100% going to hang it in my house in the living room somewhere so I can look at it every night because it is gorgeous. And I hope you feel the same way.
Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us on all things Matthew Dickman. Make sure you share this podcast with your friends and family members, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Get Lit Minute is a production of Get Lit Words Ignite. This podcast is created by Samuel Curtis and executive produced by Diane Luby Lane. This episode was researched and written by Sakura Price, Mila Frank, Riley Kuda, Dharma Lemon, Nia Lewis, and Bridget Yang. Our production manager is Sophia Denunzio. Lucas Lane is our digital editor and engineer, and our editorial advisor is Lauren Bibbe. Special thanks to the entire Get Lit staff and donors who make this work possible, the teachers who use this podcast to educate their students, and all the students of life everywhere for tuning in and spending time with us today. If you want to hear more, check out the rest of our episodes on our website, getlit.org. That's G-E-T-L-I-T dot O-R-G. See you there.